Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you examine your core beliefs. I'll also be interviewing Mary Hyatt, who is a life and business mindset coach who specializes in helping high-achieving female entrepreneurs move from living a life of burnout to a life where they're connected to their emotions, their body, and their spirit. She shares her story of recognizing her self-worth and value. For more information about Mary, please visit maryhyatt.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Examining your core beliefs. We've all seen movies where a child is told how dumb they are, how stupid they are, how they'll never amount to anything. And when we watch that, our heart goes out to that child because we want to defend her. Unfortunately, the majority of us have experienced something like that before. Now, it doesn't have to be as traumatic as that movie. However, as children, when we recognize the world around us, we will create snapshots of where we fit in the world. So for example, if you can reflect back on a really embarrassing time of your life, in that moment, what did you tell yourself? How did you understand your place in the world? In other words, if everybody laughed at you, did you tell yourself that you're dumb? Did you tell yourself that you're fat? Did you tell yourself that you're ugly or you're stupid? Even if it was a funny event that you can laugh about now, however you internalize it in the moment will determine how you see yourself when you're around another situation like that. For example, <laughs> this is pretty embarrassing, but it's a really good point. I remember when I was younger and I was a little chubby boy and I was in Sunday school and I sat down on one of these folding chairs and during Sunday school, all of a sudden that chair broke and I fell down and everybody laughed. Yes, it was very funny. However, to this day, if I see a chair that looks very similar to that type of chair, I'm always very careful and very cautious because that was a very embarrassing moment for me as a child. Now, that's a silly example, but it is something we want to be aware of that when something happens when we're younger, we automatically as adults will replay that and it will cause us to feel a certain way. Now, the way to really determine what your core beliefs are is if you do do something where you are feeling embarrassed or you're ashamed of this or you feel like you don't measure up, what is your self-talk in that moment? So the self-talk is just like it sounds. What are your thoughts to yourself? What is your mind and your subconscious telling you about yourself in that situation? So for example, if you were told as a child that you're dumb or you're stupid, or you thought you were dumb or stupid when you were younger, that's immediately what you'll think. So the way to really recognize your core belief is what is the key word you say? So even if you say, gosh, I'm so stupid, or you tell someone else that they're stupid, unfortunately, that is the word choice or the phrase that you repeated over and over as a child. So once again, it doesn't mean somebody said this about you, it's what you thought about yourself and that became the narrative that you told yourself over and over and over again. So even when you do something that you're not proud of, you immediately repeat that narrative. And unfortunately, that is your core belief. So the way to change that is in the moment when you're doing something, listen to what you say to yourself. And the way to change your core beliefs is to literally speak aloud 
what you're thinking because then your logical mind will listen to that. And you'll say, well, wait a minute, James, you're not stupid. You're not dumb. You're not ugly. You're not this. You're not that. And that's why it's so important to slow down what you're thinking, listen to it, and then you change your core belief. Well, I know I'm not dumb. I know I'm not this. I know I'm not that. When you can disprove what you've told yourself over and over again when you were younger, it starts to change that narrative. So instead of you having your go-to thoughts of I'm stupid or I'm ugly or I'm fat, you can start to change that. No, I'm not stupid. I'm not ugly. I'm not fat. I'm not this. I'm not that. And this is what I am. I am smart. I am successful. I am productive. I'm healthy. And that's how you start to change your core belief. But you can't change your core belief unless you slow down and really recognize what your thoughts are and what you tell yourself. And then with that awareness, you disprove that core belief or that thought by literally speaking aloud what the healthy truth is. And the more often you do that, the more you'll change your core belief and you'll start to recognize blind spots in your life that perhaps have caused you not to grow and develop the way you've wanted to. I have a fantastic guest today, Mary Hyatt. She's going to share her story about her own core beliefs and how she recognized them and what she did to change it. So stay tuned. Have you ever found yourself looking for love at the bottom of a bag, box, or container? Have you told yourself, I'll start my diet tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes? Never Binge Again is the book that helps you stick to any diet, especially when you failed repeatedly before. Almost 1 million readers and thousands of reviews suggest Dr. Livingston must be onto something with his weird but powerful method to disempower the thinking that leads to unhealthy food choices. Get it absolutely free at quitovereatingnow.com. Once again, get it absolutely free at quitovereatingnow.com. My guest today is Mary Hyatt, who is a life and business mindset coach who specializes in helping high-achieving female entrepreneurs move from living a life of burnout to a life where they are connected to their emotions, their body, and their spirit. She helps bring her one-on-one and group coaching clients back to their wholeness and enoughness. Welcome to my show, Mary. Hey, James. I'm so excited to be here. I am as well. I have to tell my listeners, Mary has been such an amazing sport. We had actually filmed a couple months ago and then everything happened. The world blew up and now we're back together. (laughs) So thank you so much. You've been an awesome sport. I feel like this is going to be even even better. Somehow we're going to like blow that old one out of the water. I agree. It's going to be the one we needed all along. Exactly. <laughs> so as we know, things happen in life, but we always take a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. So this is going to be awesome today. One thing I really appreciate about you, I mean, there's so many things, but I really like the whole concept of really helping people connect through emotions, their spirit, mind, and body. And that's really something that, that my tagline as well is how to help people just simplify and transform that. So I know you and I have so much synergy when it comes to our platforms and everything we do together. One of the words I really like is the enoughness. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I just want to share a little bit of my journey because I think that so often we see people who are in realms of success and we don't really know the whole picture. And enoughness has been such a huge part of my journey because if you were to rewind the clock like six, seven years ago, you would have seen a very different Mary, somebody who was 240 pounds, totally checked out of life, miserable, dealing with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. I mean, y'all, I was numbed out, checked out, just flatlined, you know? And I think a huge part of that, I was obviously for me, so many different things contributed to Mm -hmm. that, one of which was undealt with trauma. But a big part of it was believing that something was inherently flawed in me. And that I needed to find 
something outside of myself to make myself whole again, Mm -hmm. whether that was achievement or a marriage or success or whatever it was. It was like I was looking out beyond myself everywhere except for going internal and really bought into this lie that I was broken, that that there was something that I needed to fix that was like a fatal flaw Mm -hmm. inside of myself. And so when I talk about enoughness, and especially when I work with my one-on-one coaching clients, they're already successful. You know, they, they are executives, yeah. they are entrepreneurs, they are C-suite executives, and they're rocking it. Like from an out, out, uh, external kind of standpoint, mm-hmm. they're killing it. But they have this imposter syndrome yeah. where they feel so fear, afraid that somebody's going to expose them for the fraud that they are, the mm-hmm. loser that they are. And they do not believe that they are enough. And so to me, when you peel back all the layers of what we deal with, our fears, our anxieties, it comes down to this fundamental belief that we believe we are not enough. So enoughness is this journey back to our wholeness that we actually never lost, Mm -hmm. but embering that enoughness. Where do you think that comes from? So the idea of all these incredibly successful people, and we're all successful in our own way. So I really want to, people to recognize that, that it doesn't matter if you're a CEO, it doesn't matter if you're um, on the radio, it doesn't matter any of that at all. We're all successful in our own specific talents, which is a beautiful thing. But where do you think that not enough feeling comes from? What perpetuates that? <laughs> so many things. I mean, I think if we go back and we look at the stories that we've been told of our genealogy of our history, mm-hmm. especially because we are in a Western world and kind of raised in whether you're a Christian or not, or raised in a religious home, mm-hmm. the idea that we are sinful to me is sort of this, like it perpetuates that idea that we're broken mm-hmm. and that we need savior, God, whatever. And I'm not saying anything about religion. Yeah, I grew course. up Christian from Nashville. I mean, live in the South. So to me, it's just interesting though, this, this idea mm-hmm. that we are broken and we've been cast out of the garden from day one. Yeah. And then you look at that. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so to me, our personalities get developed in a way that yeah. like, I don't know if you're familiar with Enneagram personality uh-huh. profile. I, do. I don't think my listeners so, are, but go ahead and talk about that. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful like um, assessment of your personality mm-hmm. and kind of how you operate in the world. But to me, any kind of personality we construct is our best attempt to handle this, we've been cast out of the garden and we want to get back into this, this realm of quote unquote heaven, however mm-hmm. you would define that. Mm-hmm. The tribe, the clan, you know, being in this community where you're accepted. In- mm-hmm. Yeah. So we construct ourselves in a way that we think is pleasing and loving to other people. And I think what perpetuates this even deeper is if you look at you like fast way forward to today's time mm-hmm. in our marketing everything markets to our brokenness, especially I think for women, like our weight, you know, fix yourself, fix your face, fix your body, fix all these things that are wrong with you. And we eat that up like candy. I mean, it's like, just give me the, (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Totally. totally. And like, it's so fascinating. Like to me, when you think about even now with algorithms, algorithms, the way that they are with the Gosh, the um, ads you get delivered to your mm-hmm. phone. I mean, we can get into a whole conversation about that, but those are so specifically targeted to yes. you on your insecurities. Yes, that's true. Whether it's business, relationship, body, uh-huh. image. And so we get pumped over and over and over again in a day 
you need something outside of yourself mm-hmm. to fix yourself and then you'll be loved, then you'll be accepted. So I think it's historical and I think it's now just given to us uh, times a thousand mm-hmm. because covert or overt yeah. messaging that we continually get on a daily basis, whether it's through media or whether it's just through just walking, you know, just walking around in life. We'll definitely have that. What was the situation that happened with you that you had this epiphany that you are enough? So you just described who you were before, and then all of a sudden something happened. What was what happened for you? Yeah, you know, I think it's a bunch of little things, but I can remember this exact moment where I was in my house with my ex-husband now, but husband at the time, and I was just in this dark place. I was dealing with all of this anxiety, all of this depression, and I think I was in my like late 20s at the time. And I had this moment where I caught a glimpse of my face in the mirror. Yeah. And this was not the woman that I felt like I was inside. It was this weird sort of disassociated response. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. But the thing that caught my eyes literally were my eyes. And you think about how much your body changes through mm-hmm. weight gain or mm-hmm. weight loss and aging, but your eyes are always the same. Yeah. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and kind of having what we call in the South, like a kind of Jesus moment where you just get radically honest with yourself. <laughs> and yeah. I remember thinking like, there has got to be more to life than mm. this. It was like this moment of recognizing the way that I've been thinking and hating on myself and being so disgusted with myself and feeling so broken, that is never going to lead me into a life that lights me up. Like Mm -hmm. it won't. It's only going to lead me, which I had been living for many years, to more and more misery. And so I made this commitment to myself in that moment that I didn't know what was going to be the how. I didn't know what Mm -hmm. was the next step, but I committed to figuring it out. And so what I did is in true entrepreneurial fashion, I went on Amazon (laughs) and I bought like 20 self-help books. And I was like, surely somebody's got the answer out there. I love it. (laughs) And and that was the turning point for me. The willingness to find another way forward. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm so grateful for the books that I read. Obviously, I was doing all kinds of other things, therapy and whatever. Sure. That slowly, step by step, day by day, year by year, led me into this remembering Mm. of my enoughness. I love that. You know, and one of the things I think is so important is we don't necessarily have to know how we're going to get there, but it's the commitment. And I think that's something that we often can struggle with because if we say, well, if I'm going to do this, how am I going to do it? And that how then all of a sudden causes that, that uncertainty or that, um, that inability to think, well, I probably won't be successful. So therefore, maybe I shouldn't commit. And that's where all that fear comes in. So I love how you separated between those two things of I'm going to commit and then I'm going to search. And that through that searching, that's where you started to find your journey, find your way. And now look at you today. Yeah. It's, a, it's all about staying curious to me, being mm-hmm. willing to experiment when you don't have the answer. You've never done it before. Like I had yeah. never gone on that journey before, Yeah. but I was willing to be curious and I knew I knew the answer was out there somewhere yes, and I is. just had to be faithful to the journey. When you look in the, in the mirror today and you look at your eyes, what do you see? Oh my gosh. What a sweet, sweet girl. I love her so much. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> I, I truly like there every day I have a practice where I look at myself in the mirror uh-huh. and I say something that has been such a powerful part of my journey, which is I see you. Oh, wow. I see you. And I can remember when I chose to leave my marriage, I started this practice of mirror work where Mm -hmm. I had to essentially like build trust back with myself 
and be willing to see myself and choose love for myself versus judgment versus criticism. And so to this day, even when I'm going through the hardest of days or meltdowns, because we all experience the highs and lows of life, it's like, I can look at my eyes and say like, I see you. And let me just tell you, this girl is brave. She is resilient. (laughs) I want to make sure that like, I acknowledge that in her, in myself. Yeah. You know, when I'm reflecting on your story, I'm thinking about my own story. And I'm sure so many of the listeners right now can think of this as well. I was in a really, in a relationship that was a long, a long-term relationship, but it was not, it was not healthy for me. Great person just wasn't for me. And I remember I, one day I, I was getting ready to go out and I looked in the mirror myself and I had that same thought. Is this how, is this how my life is going to be? Is this all there is? And so with that same thought as well, looking into my eyes, I, I came to that realization as well. So I decided the next day, ended that relationship, um, as painful as it was, but it was more of, I choose me. And in the, and letting go of that, it was more about, I'm letting go of the, the ideology. I'm letting go of all of these things that I thought made up who I was, but that's not who I am. And so the grief that went along with that was more the grieving of how did I let myself become this person that I know I was never meant to be. And so with that, that whole awakening, just like you, was this whole aspect of how do I get back to where I want to be or the direction I I know my life is supposed to go. So just like you finding that worker and doing that internal work of recognizing who you are, where you want to go. And that's where I think when we have that epiphany of just simply asking that question, is this all there is? That means that this is not all there is. There means there's something so much greater in you. And I think that's the joy and the hope that each each of my listeners right now who can relate with that know that, yes, there is something greater for me. So I love, once again, the synergy of our our stories because they're very similar in a lot of ways. Oh, it's so <laughs> when you um, when you <laughs> when you started that mirror work, um, I, I think so many times just even making eye contact with with yourself in the mirror can be very overwhelming. Did you when you gave yourself your first compliment yeah. when you looked in the mirror? How was that for you? What was what, what did you feel internally? Oh, I mean, you're so right. It's so awkward. Like it's so <laughs> awkward. And I mean, and thankfully I had somebody who had encouraged me to do it. Cause I don't yeah. know that I would have intuitively gotten to that place. Who knows? But I had two kind of emotions come up. One, I felt like this is stupid. Uh-huh. What, what good is this even yeah. going to do? Kind of just sort of not really buying into it. And then I challenged myself to stick with it. And this is what I would encourage any listener to do. Like you kind of have to get past the part of it that feels awkward mm-hmm. and feels stupid because we're not taught how to do this. Yeah. And there is this little moment that shifts. And I can remember the first time that I did this and I practiced it. I think I was supposed to practice it for three minutes. So I had to hold oh, that's my That's a long gaze. time. Good Lord. Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> for the really first time. Long. It is so long. <laughs> and so, but I was like, okay, we're doing, we're doing this. Yeah. And eventually I started to cry. Yeah. I mean, eventually it was this like acknowledgement that I had abandoned myself Mm -hmm. at such a deep level that I had been so kind of like what you were saying, James, like so unwilling to show up as my truest self Mm -hmm. inside of the life that I was living at the time. And so it was sort of an acknowledgement of that like self grief over abandoning myself, leaving myself. And and I acknowledged it and it, it was very sad. I mean, there was this moment of just like, wow. Like, I'm so sorry. And it really, for me, led to this journey of self-forgiveness and being willing to 
become my biggest advocate mm-hmm. and say, I will do better for you. Yes. I will do better for you. And I'm so sorry. And I love you so much. Yeah. And thank you for enduring that. And thank you for being on my side, even when I thought you were my enemy. Thank you. And so it was a very emotional experience. And the more that I did it for probably a month consistently every day, I mean, I probably cried for at least the first yeah. two weeks every time that I did it. And now, I mean, sometimes I cry, but now I just smile. So it, yeah. it, it has evolved, but it was awkward for sure. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, people, uh, the viewers can't, or the listeners can't see me, but I'm, I'm actually smiling quite a bit because I remember that as well, looking in the mirror like that. And I, the little trick that I learned was with, if you can focus only on your eyes and not look at yeah. how your body looks or how your hair looks or how your face looks, whatever, you're specifically focusing on the eyes and really holding that gaze. To me, that's how I had my breakdown as well. <laughs> Sliding down the shower yeah. wall crying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but there is that moment of <laughs> when you really look so deeply in your eyes, that's where you really can't hide behind it because you know all the nuances of your life. You know the truth for yourself when you take that moment to reflect. So I do think that when you can look away or look away from the external aspect and really focus on your eyes, just like you said, I think that is going to be the breakthrough for so many people. And I can't wait for people to try it because yes, as awkward as it feels, but the more you try it, I mean, I guess three minutes, that's, that sounds like that's the, that's a really good time for, for people to start. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it gives you enough time to create that shift, Mm -hmm. which is really lovely. Like, cause we're so used to looking at our bodies and in our faces and judging and criticizing Mm -hmm. everything. So this is, I love that you're making that little, point of just looking at your eyes yeah. and holding that gaze. Ooh, get ready, guys. It's I know, so right? Good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm remembering it. It's funny. I do it as well when I get ready or before I do a show or something. I look at my eyes and I'm like, wow, this is, I'm really encouraged. I'm confident. I'm feeling good. And with that, that's where a lot of my energy comes from is just simply holding my own gaze and focusing on that. And because that self-encouragement and self-excitement really starts to um, become prevalent in my life or even more so prevalent. Yes, I love it. With everything you're doing, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned? Hmm. I think for me, no, that's good. I love it. I think for me, the thing that I have to come back to again and again and again is that it is okay to be human. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because when you're in an American or Western kind of culture, there's so much emphasis on the hustle, mm-hmm. on the do, on the achieve, yeah. go, 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 be perfect, be even more perfect, be even more, 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 more perfect. And I have to remind myself in a culture that rewards burnout, mm-hmm. that rewards exhaustion, that rewards achievement at any cost, especially self-sacrifice, self-sacrifice that I have permission to be human and humans get tired. Humans need rest. Humans are not perfect. Humans fail. Humans also are incredibly resilient and brave and courageous. And so I think no matter what it is in my relationships, in my business, how I look at my body and and her journey, I have to continually go, It is okay to be human. It is okay to have a human experience Mm -hmm. and to let my guard down and to be vulnerable and to experience it. So I think that to me has been one of the most profound just ways of thinking that has shifted how I approach life and something that I really try to instill in my clients. Like you're okay. 
Yeah. It's normal to get emotional. It's normal <laughs> to be angry or sad or feel lonely. Like even if everything looks okay on the outside, it is okay. And just that permission, it's like, Oh, it's a deep, deep exhale. It certainly is. And I, I'm laughing because I'm chuckling here because I, I, I know people, and I'm sure just like you, when, when, they, when they see us on a platform or whatever, they think, oh my gosh, this person has everything. They don't feel this. They don't feel that. They haven't gone <laughs> yeah. through this. And, and it's, it's, it's good to hear you say that because we are no different than anybody else. We have our highs. We have our lows. We have our insecurities. We have our worries. And we have our strengths. And we have the things that we know we're good at. And we're going to continue to grow and develop. So... That's a good reminder for all of us that we all are human. We all have a journey that we're on and we're becoming much more successful with that with simply asking the question, is this all there is? And that opportunity for self-development will continue to grow. Mm, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Hyatt, I have had so much fun having you on my show. Thank you so much for being a fantastic guest. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to learn all the things you're doing to work with you, where would they find this information online? Yeah, the best place to go is maryhyatt.com. You'll find all my information there about my Living Fully Live podcast, about my one-on-one coaching, group coaching. And of course, check me out on all the social media channels. I'm super uh, available. I love chatting in the DMs, so send me one, but maryhyatt.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being an awesome guest. We'll talk soon. Thanks, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.